life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host, Emma Lovell, and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world, and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate, and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel, and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges, and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugan Bear Country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. Welcome to the episode today with Lindy Alexander, an award-winning freelance travel and food writer who also runs online courses for aspiring freelance writers and established freelancers who want to hit 100k per year for their writing. I have been a big fan of Lindy's emails and writing for a number of years and I've then had the pleasure of getting to know her and she is just the most generous, lovely and inspiring woman. I cannot wait to share this episode with you because for me, Lindy is living the dream, but she will share honestly uh, what it looks like to really be a travel writer. So a little bit more about Lindy. There's almost nothing travel writer Lindy Alexander would not do for a story. She's squeezed into a sparkly spandex tail for mermaid lessons in the Philippines, danced in an Indian wedding procession and spray-painted a wall in Melbourne CBD. Lindy's articles regularly appear in major Australian and international publications like The Guardian, Delicious, Good Food, The Telegraph, Travel and Luxury and more. And in 2017, Lindy started The Freelancer's Year, which is a popular blog about freelancing. And in 2020 is when she launched her first online courses to help freelance writers earn and thrive. I can't wait to jump into this episode. I hope you are as inspired and excited as I am. Welcome, Lindy Alexander. Welcome to the podcast, Lindy Alexander. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. You were my most downloaded episode on my last podcast, my business podcast. So a huge thank you to you because you were amazing and shared it in your email, which means a lot to you. So I want to start with a thank you. Oh, I had no idea. That's so lovely. Yeah, it was so great. And I just... Yes, I just sat there sort of listening and fangirling and I was just saying to you then, I've been excited all day to talk to you. This could be a three-hour episode, but I'm very strict on the 30 minutes, so I will keep it tight. I'm going to, you know, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to ask you in your words, who are you? Just give us a little, your your version of Lindy bio. 
Yes, so my name is Lindy Alexander and I am a freelance food and travel writer and I'm also a parent and I live in regional Victoria and I'm a bit of a nerd. I love baking, I love reading, I love staying at home, walking my dog. That's me in a nutshell. I love it and I just, I look at Lindy's life and you're living my dream. Like the travel writing is my dream. And I just think for anyone who's in a writing space and my background is writing, um, to, to see you doing it and to see like every time you put up a post of one of your be- glossy magazines with your name, I just think, oh, like, like you've made it. You've made it, Lindy. And then you do it again. I'm like, she's made it. She's- <laughs> How do you feel about that? Like, I think it's, it's very glamorous, like from the someone looking and reading magazine, it's very glamorous. Yeah, it um it I think that sense of getting a magazine either going into the news agent and you kind of want when you've got an article in there you want to pick it up and you want to go to the person at the desk that's me I'm in here I'm in here like that never leaves you even though I've been writing for eleven years as a freelance writer and I've been doing travel writing since 2017 that feeling of seeing an article your words published with beautiful photos like there is really nothing like that in terms of feeling validated as a writer but also knowing that people are going to read your stories and your words so that never leaves you that sense I think is always quite thrilling Um, but I don't know that I it is glamorous parts of it are very glamorous and parts of it are not very glamorous at all and I think Last year, I did a lot of travel. I did a lot, a lot of travel because the world opened up again and I did three international trips and I did 16 domestic trips, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but I've got smallish kids and it meant really I was on the road every three weeks or so Mm -hmm. and it just gets relentless. And I think too, something that happens a lot when you are doing travel writing and when you are being invited on trips, when, so you're not organising the trips yourself, but a destination or a public relations firm are organising it. I mean, I flew internationally, yeah, three times, like I said, and I think for each of those times, I got my itinerary, I want to say the day before, maybe two days before I left. Mm. And so that level of flight stress anxiety anticipation of what do I have to pack what activities and you have a general idea of what you're going to be doing but you don't always have the final final itinerary until 48 hours before you leave and so I think that level of accumulated stress it weighs on you a little bit so that's like one little part of the ways in which it is not glamorous and I love I you know you know, we will we'll always look at some something and we can glamorize it or romanticize it and there's a reality to it. And and I just actually read, we were both at Content Bite Summit and there was uh, Jessica Muddit was there and I read her travel memoir. And she talks about some heavy themes and she talks about being a journalist and some of the stuff they go through and then freelancing for 10 cents a word in Asia and stuff like that. But I'm still looking at it and I'm still hearing you say that and I'm like, but I want to do it. I want so, it. Tell, uh, can I turn the tables? I'm interested in then what it is for you, what appeals to you about it. Oh, yeah, I love it. I interviewed on my own podcast. Um, <laughs> I just think it's, I, I think it's the adventure and I think it's the, I think that the reward, like you know that you, you still get to, have, you do get that at the end. 
and the story, the fact that all of that, all whatever crap you went through, whatever stress you went through, whatever, there's a story at the end of it. And gosh, we have some good stories. And I just think it's, I think it is an exciting life. And this is a level of anxiety and stress. And maybe it's just, I think it's a season of life, um, you know, or, and sometimes you might then have to take, you know, you're like quite happy to take more of the content writing as opposed to the travel writing where there's, yes, it looks very glossy and glamorous, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. But I just think it's, I just think it's sort of, I don't know. I still, I still just think there's something fun. It's really fun. And it is the unknown and the what if the kind yeah. of what if it's going to happen. I don't know. Absolutely. There are still a lot of unknowns and you're having experiences like I, will often go on a trip and then I'll be back on a Friday afternoon and I'll be at the school gate picking up my kids and I'm like, I've just been heli-hiking in town. <laughs> and you don't know. You don't know. In parallel life that happens where I'm in the mountains, and this happened a few months ago, I'm in the mountains in Canada walking through this enormous valley with all these waterfalls cascading down and I'm like, Whose life is this? And the helicopter lands and brings us lunch and we're sitting in the sun. And I just think, how did I end up here? Like, this is pretty incredible. And I feel very grateful and very lucky to be having these experiences. And you're right. And also, I'm meeting people on these trips that are just, you know, those the way that you form fast relationships with people when you travel Mm. if you have that as part of your job it feels really special it's a very special magic like some of the, someone said to me the other day why did I buy my house in Harvey Bay because I met a guy on a cycle tour where I was the tour manager he's a real estate agent in Harvey Bay now one of my very dear friends and I bought an investment property that I'm making a lot of money off that if I hadn't have gone on that cycle tour if I hadn't have said to him I think I'm going to buy an investment property I'm looking at Tasmania and he said why don't you look at Queensland you know, and we could have just gone on that bus ride and, and done the tour and then said, see you later and never known each other again. But yeah, the, the depth of relationship and the depth of connection, it happens very fast with travel. And then I think because, I don't know about you, but when the anchors are all removed, like all of your daily life stuff is removed, you could be anyone. You're just somebody on a helicopter by a waterfall. You could be a billionaire or you could be, I don't know, you could be, like I don't know, working in the woods over there, and we don't know. You just you could be you just like, well, how did you get here? And you have this completely blank slate, yeah. and, you, and a, a canvas that you get to tell the story from. Yes, absolutely, you're right. And there's a real curiosity, I think, in being in the, having some of that your everyday life stripped away, and you can have conversations with people. Like on that um, Canadian trip, I was talking to an older guy who does it about three times a year and has changed jobs, used to teach music in Afghanistan and then has changed jobs multiple times. And I don't think I would ever come across someone like him in my ordinary life. And so having that opportunity to get those stories, hear those stories, be witness to those stories, but then also come home and be able to immortalise it in some way. Like, I mean, yes, it's going into a newspaper travel section that will end up in most people's recycling. But I get to relive that with my words that is more than just a diary entry or a journal entry for myself. Is I get to choose my words and share that with people and that feels really powerful. It is powerful and it's what I love about the podcast too. I think the podcast, a book, 
um, magazines. I have magazines. I have travel magazines on my shelf that are goals, like, you know, and, and magazines that I've been published. And, and you cry, you cry, like, and it is. It's, it's sort of something you can hold and touch or, or re- yes, the revisiting is so lovely. But I have heard you talk about before and what you said as well, when you're on an itinerary and you're on this trip and it, it does sound very glamorous and you're like, I'm helicoptering and I'm cocktail and I'm this, but you told this lovely little story at the Content Bite Summit where you were like, I have to get into the accommodation because I've got to go and start doing this stuff. And so the thing that people probably don't see is that when you're on that trip, as lovely and wonderful and amazing that waterfall is, you're thinking, how am I going to write about this waterfall? Or which part of this story, which, you know, because we don't have, you, you do a four-day trip, which part gets to go in? Like how is that for you in terms of, yeah, I guess, way up that, like looking at the angles and, and then how do I actually, yeah, I've had an amazing trip. How do I deliver this piece of work now? Yeah, and you're constantly thinking, is this a story? Uh, do I need to talk to that person? Should I take some photos of that? What am I going to write down? Will this work? Who will I pitch this to? So you are constantly thinking. And so I think for me, I go into those trips and I have, usually I have at least one firm commission, so a commitment from an editor that they're interested in my story. And it depends where you are in the world. Sometimes, um, like in the US, for example, it's much less common that you would have a commission lined up. So usually you would go on the trip and then after the trip, you would pitch your story ideas. In Australia, we tend to pitch before we go. But for me to make it worthwhile, I try to get one story out for every two days that I'm away. That's my kind of rule of thumb that I work to. Um, and so I'm constantly thinking, okay, how many ways could I spin spin this trip? So for my Canada trip, um, that was I was away for seven days and so far I've had four stories commissioned out of that. Amazing. And it has they have to be different enough stories where editors aren't going to feel like you're stepping on other publications' toes as well. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. You know, like I did a trip to India and I got two stories and that was probably an eight-day trip. So it doesn't always happen, um, but you are always on the lookout. And you're right, like, I mean... I did a trip um, a few weeks ago where I my plane was late and I had to pick up a hire car and then the hire car queue was huge and I was looking at my watch thinking, okay, so it takes 20 minutes from here to my first appointment. I've got now 25 minutes. And, and the, the margins of error are so small on those itineraries that you are you feel like you're kind of constantly running. And so often I'll be FaceTiming my partner and my kids and I'll be ironing and I'll be talking to them and trying to do yes. stuff because I've got to get out the door like it's not even though you might see the photo of the travel rider on their balcony with their cocktail it's like they've done that photo and then they've run back inside to get everything yes yes yeah they weren't out there for very long no and the, the phone calls home are very quick it's I have three minutes in between this uh appointment and this bit and or whoever's going to ask me to do something next uh, and then I'll keep going. Oh, it's um, yeah, that <laughs> you're just taking me right back. But I think what's interesting as well is like that capturing photos and content. And I don't know about you, I know because those ones are commission trips and you're going on your own. But like, so do you ever turn it off when you go on trips? Because I know when you're talking, then sometimes like that, so that hel- like helicopter trip might come back in three years' time when you're like five helicopter trips you must take around the world. And so it's like you can't pitch it now, but in five years it comes back or someone's like, can you write a story about luxury trekking? Yes, that's a thing. 
And I was like, oh yeah, I've been on like five different tracks. So here's, here's five tra- tracks I can include. And it was like, oh, something I did six years ago is helping me now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I went on, went to Budapest with a friend and I'm like taking photos of food and that she's like, do I have to, am I going to be annoyed or do I have to get over it? I was like, this is like, I could make money off this. So get over it because, and also it's like, what is me taking a photo of my chicken affecting you? Like, and yeah, and I sold that store. I sold a store in Budapest. So it's tax deductible. Yeah. And I often will talk to freelancers who have gone somewhere like a family vacation and they come back and they're like, I want to pitch a story but they haven't taken notes or they haven't taken photos. And it's really difficult in retrospect to flesh out those details, especially a travel story that needs colour and movement and vibrancy to it. So it is hard to switch it off. We just got back from a family holiday to far north Queensland. And I must admit, I did switch off for 10 days. I totally switched off and I just blobbed and it was probably the first time in a long time that I haven't been thinking oh could I could I turn this into a story it is really difficult I think it's an occupational hazard I mean it's not a bad occupation it's not a a bad hazard I do the thing now too where I'm going like I went to Bali and one there's that lens on it but second is oh I want to bring the boys back so I'm almost like I was by myself so I'm going oh where would we stay if it was the family staying here or what's a good accommodation for this and then also I now have my retreat lens so I'm like oh that's a good retreat okay so I've got all these lenses on but what then I found was a like while I was there um you know again it's like what's my what I'm doing affecting you was I was messaging people back home and they were like no you're on holiday just you go and relax and I was like but this is me relaxing I'm going for a walk I'm looking at the local life. I'm getting ideas. And by the way, I'm messaging you while I'm lying by the pool. Like, don't don't you worry about me. But, you know, like when you do this for work, and this is what I want to talk about on the podcast, it's like people who don't have travel is not a travel, it's a holiday, right? So how do you, do people ever comment to you about that? Or how do you sort of reconcile that whole work and travel thing? Yeah, I mean, I think people... Oh, the number of times that people tell me that um, I get paid to holiday or I get paid to travel, which is not true. I get paid to write about the travels that I do. And, you know, people are like, well, that's a bit nitpicky, but I do think there is a difference there because the work is in the writing. Um, But for me, I think it's an integral part. That sense of, um, I was going to say exploration, but that's probably not the right word to use. But that sense of, discovering new things, meeting new people, having new experiences, that freshness um, is really impactful, I think. And I feel like I've probably always searched for that in some way in my life. And in the past, that's probably been through um, pursuing different careers or learning different skills. And I think travel is just another lens to experience newness. And it's stretches you and it challenges you and you learn things about yourself um and that's irreplaceable like I'm not sure what other experiences you can have that give you that hey lovely I want to open the door to incredible opportunities for you on an all-inclusive luxury retreat exclusively for leaders who are ready to attract the work and life they want Join me for five inspiring nights in incredible India for the first ever international rest and receive retreat hosted in Kerala, India by me from the 12th to the 17th of November, 2023. 
disconnect your senses and immerse in this exotic culture while reconnecting with yourself. Share this luxurious experience with 12 amazing women and you'll form connections and memories to last a lifetime. I can't undersell or overestimate the incredible power of the magic of India and I want to share it with you. Get all the details via the show notes, but you can also head to my website, emmalovell.au forward slash rest hyphen receive hyphen India. I would love to see you there and I'm happy to have a chat if this is piquing your interest at all. Please come along and experience the magic of rest and receive. And when you do your travel writing too, I think sometimes people think of travel and if you talk about travel, they only think of international trips and COVID obviously changed this for us to kind of look at our own backyard. But I know recently you wrote a very um, enviable story about a beautiful spa down in the Mornington Peninsula, which yes, you had to travel to, but it's for some people down the road, but that's still travel or a restaurant is, could be travel. I think anything where you are getting into um, something that's new or fresh for you, change it's even just a change of scene. And I do think too this year, because I did so much travel last year um, in airports all the time, I've really focused this year on only doing trips that really feel fulfilling and sustainable for me. And so that has been a lot of domestic travel and um, Victorian travel. And yes, like the hot springs and the bathhouse, I love that kind of wellness aspect to it as well and I think for me like I often go to these places for work but then I had a friend visiting from Colorado a few months ago and I took her back to that bathhouse in Sorrento because I just had the most magical experience and I was like you need to experience this you would love it and so I took her back and I'm telling other friends about it and there's a communal experience in that as well. Yeah I love the perspectives that you bring and I want to come back to something you said before about you write these travel articles and they go into the newspaper and then they're just rubbish but uh, and you sort of like oh I've then got this documentation of it but you you've been writing for 11 years but you also have this incredible blog which is such a gift um to writers where you shared and I know you don't do it as much anymore but you shared your income and yeah. like where did that like that you know because we're talking about and again like I think sometimes then people do the whole art thing and they're like I can't do what I love and make money from it like I can't write the thing I want to do and make money and then here you are sharing your income online like where did that come from yeah so I went full-time or I decided to go full-time in 2017 and I've had a few false starts where I thought I want to go full-time as a freelance writer and I spoke to other freelance writers in Australia and really they told me their hard truths, which was you can't, it's very difficult to earn a living from freelance writing. And one said to me, who's a well-known journalist, freelance journalist, and you'll be lucky to hit $60,000 a year. And so I felt really disheartened because I wondered whether I could support our family of four, just me, and I could, and my partner could stay at home and look after our kids. And then I was listening to Ed Gandia's podcast and he interviewed Jennifer Gregory. So he's a business writer and Jennifer Gregory is a content marketing writer in the States. And she was sharing about how she had lost all her clients and how she had built up over the year to earn $100,000 in that year. And, you know, sometimes you just need to see someone do something or or hear someone say how they've done something and then you think, maybe that's possible for me. And so 
I thought I'm going to try. And I didn't tell anybody, but I was like, I wonder if I could hit a hundred thousand, not because I'm not really, well, I'm not at all actually money motivated, but I just, I quite like a challenge. And I quite thought if people are telling me I can't do it, I wonder if I can. And so I thought I'm going to try and stay accountable to this. I'm going to start, start a blog and each month I'm going to say how many pictures I sent out, how many pictures got accepted or rejected, how many clients I'm writing for. And at the start, I was like, I really want to share my income because Jennifer would share sometimes share her monthly income. And I found that so inspiring to know what was possible. But at the start, the first few months, I was like, oh, I set an income goal and I hit it, but I didn't want to name the figures. And then I was like, you know what? I'm saying to people, you can earn good money from writing. I think I need to quantify what that is because for some people, earning good money might be $1,000. Other people might need $8,000. So I need to quantify what that is. And so I started sharing my income each month from writing, my revenue, and it really struck a chord with people. And I think people found that it's possible to earn good money from writing and a mixture for me, a mixture of doing freelance feature writing, food and travel, the lovely stuff, as well as corporate writing. And I was still doing corporate writing that I loved, but I wanted to share that. And I felt really nervous, I must admit, sharing it. And my partner was like, oh, are you going to get targeted? Are you going to get trolled? And yeah, we did worry about that. But touch wood, that has never happened. People have only been, have said how grateful they are that I did that. I'm incredibly grateful. And um, I just think it is so inspiring. And it was so, I don't know how it felt for you, but um, Jennifer posted her blog. And I was like, oh, wow, she does what Lindy does. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And then I remember (laughs) you did. Totally copying her. (laughs) That's so, you know, like more people doing this, all power to you. And not just like throwing out six figures and seven figures and stuff like talking actual dollar to the dollar cent it's really interesting and um you know it does ebb and flow and all that sort of stuff but to see what's actually as you said to see someone doing what you want to be doing um to know that it's possible and then so yeah how did it feel for you two to be on a panel at the content bite summit i was quite emotional really um and she was quite emotional too because i because hearing her and having that conversation, and I think too, because it was on Ed's podcast and Ed was at the Content Bite Summit as well, I just thought if I hadn't have listened to that episode, and I reckon I listened to it three or four times because I just was wanting to soak in all her wisdom. And she was so generous and I loved that. And I also loved that she, Jennifer just goes her own way. And, you know, as a, someone who was presenting at the summit I loved that she just was talking about her weaknesses and not make your weaknesses a strength but she gave examples of how she hates to negotiate so she will say to clients I am a terrible negotiator why don't you tell me your budget because otherwise you'll be able to um, whittle me down and you're going to haggle me down for a price and then I'm going to agree to it and I'm going to feel resentful. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what she said. No, she did. It was very Particularly than this. But she was like, I don't think that will work for anyone else, but that is me and I embody that and I just own up to that weakness that I cannot um, bargain and I do not like to talk about rates. And I really appreciate that because sometimes there's all these shoulds, like productivity shoulds mm-hmm. and should run your business. 
And she was just like, do it in the way that suits you, but know that the possibilities and the opportunities are so big for you. Like you don't have to play small as a writer. I love that you said that you felt emotional. It was such a special place. And and Lindy and I, well, I don't know, I'm geeking out. I think like we were, it was a geek fest and it was amazing. Like people who love words and I just felt so like my heart was so full. I've been to so many events this year and conferences and then I've got something from all of them. But honestly, I can't, it was packed full of goodness and it brought together all these incredible people and the respect in the room, the respect for one another's craft the understanding of like, oh, yeah, you get me and you get the way I worked. And also it wasn't like it wasn't so like writing is this way, like you just said, like it doesn't have to be this way, like coming in and going, you could be a consultant or you could be pulling it this way. And even though I've I've gone off and I know that, you know, you're doing, you're running courses and we've kind of stepped into this mentoring coaching role, at the at the heart of it, the writing and the storytelling is always there. And it just was such a camaraderie. And I, I was wanting to say before, I was like a, you know, spoiler alert, um, Lindy runs a course on this. So if you are thinking like, if you're like, I think I want to do some writing or Ooh, maybe this could be me or that's something that I want to dabble in. Uh, Lindy is a brilliant teacher. I have bought one of her courses. I plan to buy another one because I want to, you know, up my level of feature writing. But yeah, you know, you can actually learn um this and step into this world and come into the geeky minutes with us. I want to say thank you to you about that. Um, and to when did you, when did you want to like, when did that shift happen for you from the, I'm doing the writing to the, I'm going to teach people. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was blogging and then as I, and then I hit a hundred thousand in my first 11 months. And then I think after that, people were contacting me and saying, how are you doing this? Could you chat to me? And so then I started coaching other writers and I was doing pitch reviews and pitch critiques for them, but I was also helping them with strategy about how to reach out to potential clients. And I I think this is what happens with lots of course creators is that you get to a point where you're coaching people and you are giving the same advice and you're like, okay, there is a need for me to be able to condense this and put this into a course that where my time isn't limited and I can reach more people. So in the middle of 2020, I launched Write and Thrive. And that is my course that helps establish freelance writers, land high paying content clients um, without burning out and without hustling all the time. But then, yeah, since then, I've got a travel writing training and I've got a course on writing features because I do find that even if people are doing content writing or copywriting, a lot of them still harbour the desire to exercise those creative muscles and write feature articles or personal essays or opinion pieces. And there's something deeply satisfying about writing those kind of articles. And it's lovely. Like it's so exciting for me to see students in my courses get their articles published in Vogue or Forbes Mm. or whatever publication it is. It feels as if it feels just as thrilling to me to see their wins. Yeah, it's a lovely place to be. And as um yeah, it's the place that I've got to of wanting to write as myself because I've done the copywriting and it's like I want to write, I want to see my name at the top. I want to tell my stories. I want to use my voice. I want to call on my experiences or 
share the stories of the people I'm meeting. It's not all about me. It's about what I'm seeing and, and the view that I have. And there is something really beautiful and powerful about getting to tell that from your perspective. And yeah, as you said, there's no greater thrill of, of seeing that. And um, yeah, I just, I fangirl all over, all over you because uh, you also, I must say, I'll put it in the show notes, but Lindy's emails are like a masterclass. Every single email that comes, I'm like, oh my God, I can't not open it. The bio, the, the subject heading, I'm just like, what is she going to say? What's she going to say? And the way, and you did it at the start of your presentation for um, Content Bite Summit when you were talking about pitching, you just opened with a story about these keys and you couldn't find a key. And I was just the analogy. I was like, I was listening next to the lady, like, the analogy, the analogy. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. She's using it. She's weaving us in. She's drawing us in. It's like, master, it's, you lead, you, um, you demonstrate and you lead. And I've learned so much from being a part of that. And I came into your world when you were already doing the courses and you were actually at that time sharing the percentage of your income that you were getting from writing still, as well as the courses. And it was hugely beneficial and it showed that that um, multiple income streams, you know, having multiple income streams, which saved people during COVID um, and will save us moving forward, that you will never be redundant if you have, keep these multiple strings to your bow. Yeah, and if you follow your curiosity, and I just see so many writers are so multi-talented and I've got people in my communities who are interested in um, crocheting or interiors or house plants and they've got these little side hustles or they're thinking about setting up their own course businesses, teaching people how to write web copy or SEO or whatever it is. And I, I feel like the creator in us, it keeps us going and we want to keep trying new things. And I do think it goes back to what you were saying about that community of freelancers and writers. I just feel very lucky that I have landed here because they are my people and they are my tribe. And it's so easy to make connections with them because you're starting from the same point. And it just is like coming home. I mean, I know that sounds a bit cheesy, but it really is. You find your people and you're like, you are my people. It was it was exactly that and I'm still riding on that high and feeling very buoyed and very excited and optimistic about what's to come. And I think the other thing that came out of the conference was saying like there's time and we're talking about, you know, you're talking about 2017 to now. It's so easy to look at somebody's body of work and, again, Valerie, well, we didn't say it, but Valerie Koo was there talking about micro-credentials and listing off that she's now not only an author not only the founder of the Australian Writers' Centre, but also now a celebrated artist and getting designs and prints for surface design, like carpets and um, curtains, just, you know, partnering with major suppliers in Australia. And you're like, okay, but but you were talking about 20-year career, you know, and we're talking about over time. And so it can be so easy to look at somebody, all the things that they've done and go, why aren't I there? When it's like, if I start this feature writers course now, how amazing if in a year I've had a feature published yeah. and then in 10 years I've had 10 features published. Yeah, at least. I mean, I think I always think that time is going to pass, you know, like that time is going to pass anyway. So why not pursue something? And you don't have to, I think sometimes, like I know a lot of people who feel a bit stuck and they're in midlife and they feel a bit stuck and they feel like if they're going to switch 
They've got to know exactly what they want to do. Whereas I just think if you follow your curiosity and you do a short course or you do a little, you know, three-hour workshop at your local community centre or whatever it is, like sometimes that can just spark something that eventually becomes something more because that time, like I said, will pass anyway. So why not just entertain your curiosity? Entertain. I think we've done the podcast title here. That's amazing. Um, okay, so the question I like to ask, and it's a big one, it's what we're going to end on. We'll see how we go. What does living a life you love look like? I think I should get you to answer it for me, Emma. <laughs> I think you said it in your Who Are You? I think for me, when I see you, um, I think living a life you love is time with your family, writing things that you're interested about, eating good food, making good food, having new experiences. That's it, time outside. I, w- I feel like you just summed that up beautifully. Sometimes I feel those big questions, uh, I'm like uh, kind of freeze and I'm not sure how to answer them, but I feel like you just summed that up better than I could have. Well, you just, I told you, I was like, I'm projecting onto you. I'm just like, Lindy's living the dream. Again, we honour, I totally honour and recognise and I know you're very open about behind the scenes but um I think if we do it on an ideal day you are living a life that many people would love and I see that you're um I see how much you care about your family and how protective you are of that time as well and so although you have this uh, wonderful career and this wonderful business I see that you've also you do prioritize the life stuff and I admire that yeah I feel so lucky and I do I don't want to discount um yeah, the fact that it is like I'm very, very privileged to be in this position. But yes, like I think for me, that time I have with my family, like my partner only works three days a week and we can afford for him to do that. And so we have so much time with our kids and it really does feel like a gift. And yeah, the life, work life balance feels really good. And freelancing has given me that because I used to be a social worker and I used to do huge commutes and I wanted something else for my life I love it it's choice and I I love that you acknowledge the privilege but I also you've made choices you've made choices um, from the position that you're in and you continue to make choices that are right for you for your family and for where you are and um, it's it's admirable and inspiring so thank you How can we connect with you? I'll put all these things in the show notes. I'll put the course and like shameless promo of that. But how would you like people to contact you or connect with you? Yeah, so come and visit my website, which is thefreelancersyear.com. And you can find me on Instagram. So I've got two Instagram accounts, confusingly. One is my articles, travels and baking, which is Lindy Alexander Writer. And then the freelancers year is my one for all the businessy, freelancy writing stuff. So they're probably the two main ways to connect with me. And yeah, come say hi. Thank you so much, Lindy. And um, yeah, I know I'll have you back on for something because I just want to talk to you. So thank you. I'm <laughs> going to come on a retreat with you one day. Yay, let's do that. <laughs> and they, oh, I want to run one with Lindy. Just planting that seed. Want to run one with Lindy? Just planting it. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening lovely one i hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today 
If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live A Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmalovell.au. The same as my website, but all the details are in the show notes, lovely. I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation, and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.